So, hey, everybody, we are joined by Allie, um, and I found her on Twitter. She is in real estate, and I think this is so cool. I only know a couple other people who are paralyzed that do real estate. So, hey, Allie, how are you? Hey, I'm good. I'm using the tools that I have to get by. You know, and that's, that's what's so nice about living in the 21st century, I suppose, with a spinal cord injury, I guess. Yes. So let's dial back a little bit. I don't know much about you. So if you don't mind sharing like where you're from, you know, generalities, how old you are and when you were injured. Sure. Um, I'm from Miami, Florida. Um, my family, mostly Jamaican, but, um, and I got injured September, 2018. Oh, wow. Wow. That's yes. pretty recent. Yeah. yeah. Were you were you injured down there in the Miami area? Yes. Mm -hmm. I got into a car accident yeah, with some of my friends. Yeah. yeah. That's the worst. That's one of the most common ways to get a spinal cord injury. It's yep. by far the most common. So that's tough. You're kind of um, on the, almost the second year in now. And so I mm -hmm. always, when I, I've been paralyzed for 27 years and, you know, being uh -huh. paralyzed, it never gets easier, but you kind of get used to it because, you know, life is short and you kind of have to move on. And Yeah, you before, adjust. You, you know, you have yeah. to adjust. And I wish we could all get better. But, you know, I think what's so cool about you, Allie, is that you're still, you're working still, which I think a lot of people, they're like, screw it. I'm not going to even work. I can yeah. do my own thing and live at home and be boring. But I think for people who like to stay busy, and I'm that kind of person, I'm mm -hmm. gonna guess you're this kind of same person. Yeah. So okay, let's talk. Let's start with how you got into real estate. Then I know that's a really fun um, job, and I think in Florida it's pretty popular, isn't it? Yes. Mm -hmm. So I got into real estate about several years ago. Okay. And um, I managed. I originally went to the my current broker. Cool. I went to her ad for advice because I hadn't seen her. Now I'm 30 years old, okay. but I hadn't seen her until I approached her first. I, I hadn't seen her since I was probably nine years old because okay. she worked with my mom. That's how I knew of her. Oh. So after my mom was like, okay, you want to go ask her for some, you know, motivation, any like tips she has for you. And I was like, okay. So I went to her and I spoke with her. And I was like, I'm getting into this now. And she was like, well, you know, I normally take people that do the class with me, but would you like a spot here? And I was like, um, let me go check with these other places first and then I'll get back to you. And after I checked with them, I realized that was where I belonged. And that was, you know, so you were in your 20s doing real estate. I bet that was fun. Yeah, especially for me, like normally I would be like all around the place from North to South Florida. Okay. Like you might call me like one time I'm in Miami, like seven hours later, I'm like in Gainesville <laughs> any day. So I know, I know a quadriplegic in Miami and she sells condos cause she can zoom into the condos and get in and out. And Is I know name Sabrina, Sabrina, yeah, Sabrina, Cohen. you know her, she's so cool. Yeah. She is so cool. Yeah. So she I know is one of my mentors. She is. That's amazing. Yeah. Okay. Well, you got the best one over there. Um, that's so cool. So before you got injured, what kind of real estate were you predominantly selling? Did you have a specialty? Mostly residential. So mm -hmm. homes or townhomes or all of yeah. that? Yeah. I'm buying or selling or renting. Yeah. So, and so, okay. So when you got injured, what was your mindset like in regards I, we can talk about everything. Let's talk about employment. What were you even thinking? Were you going to go back into real estate? Did you think, okay, I can still do um, this? Well, when I woke up, 
out of the coma I was in, I did not even recognize my mother. Oh my God. So, and I, I couldn't talk or anything. So like over time I worked my way, like memories started coming back to me and stuff. Thank God. And then my voice started coming in and stuff. How long were you in a coma for? Um, two days. That's, that's crazy. I know those comas can just be so crazy to wake up from and waking up paralyzed and they tell you all this stuff. And I mean, telling you so crazy because I mean, I feel myself getting more and more past it now, but in the very beginning I had this thing of like derealization going on and in the hospital, I would be like, wake up, wake up, wake up. You're dreaming. You're, you're having a nightmare. Oh, I know. I know woman. I feel you. I, Life is crazy, isn't it? When you have yeah. these injuries, um, but you're beautiful. I'll and say I knew that. nothing mm-hmm. about it. I knew nothing about it prior, oh, I and know, I was right? shocked. I was shocked. This is the thing. See, I feel like the public school systems in this country don't teach enough about paralysis, right? I didn't know yeah. anything. And yeah. even that you bring that up, it reminds me because I also went like I'm finishing my master's now yeah. in like clinical mental health therapy, and I called my advisor like. It's sickening that you guys don't at least have two classes yeah. on paralysis. Yeah, yeah. I know. I had no idea when I broke my neck how permanent it was going to be. My mom always said, don't dive into this lake, Tiffany. You're going to get hurt and you'll be in a wheelchair. And I really yeah. had no idea what that meant. I thought, well, I'll be in a wheelchair for a month, like a cast on your yeah. arm. And I, didn't, I had no concept of a spinal cord and how it works and really. And I think mm-hmm. if more people knew, they'd be a lot more careful maybe. At least I would have been. Yeah, but with you, are I mean, you? I look at it your... in a way. It's like I. It wasn't about being more careful for me, yeah. because it was just like a random. Like I wasn't at fault or anything. I know your car, but like I, I figure it's, it's one of those things where, I, I tell my friends these days now. I'm like, I'm not surprised it happened to me because I do like to take calculated risks. Oh no. You do, huh? That's, I know people get injured. I know a skydiver who got injured skydiving on his whatever thousand Mm -hmm. jump and finally the parachute didn't work, you know? And it's like, how are you ever going to really achieve something if you don't take a risk? The life is all about risks. Woman, you're, okay, so are you a C2? What level injury are you? C4. C4. So my, my cord was punctured at C4 and my vertebrae broke at C3. Okay. Wow. Mm-hmm. Now, did you do, do uh, any of your rehabilitation at the University of Miami and the Miami Project and all of that? Um, well, Jackson Hospital, they work with them. So oh, that's where it goes. Okay. Yes. I know. That's really good down there. Yeah. Okay. So, okay. Well, let's, that's crazy. I know it's, I, I do you have, you, can you move your arms a little bit or is it pretty hard? Like my forearms. Okay. Somewhat. That's good. that's good. That's good. Hey, you know what? And you're all, you're still newly injured. Before I couldn't do anything. I couldn't oh. do anything. I couldn't even like when I got discharged and came home, yes. I would just be staring up in the ceiling because oh. I couldn't. Um, and how many months did it take to finally get some shoulder and bicep movement going on? Um, I don't even know. It takes like over sometimes a year, maybe six months. The nerves are so weird in every person. Yeah. But they always say after two years, then you're not going to see anything. But that's not true because I know people that I don't, have gone. I, yeah, I've met plenty of people in the community. No. And, and they have made me, I don't even think about that. Yeah. And you yeah. should try to get involved. And even them. people now that I know, they've been injured for like 23 years and stuff. And yeah. like I'll, I'll observe them going through like 
their own new discoveries and stuff now. And I'm like, look at that. Yeah, it's true. I will say this is kind of TMI, but I just started wearing deodorant this year yeah. after 27 no, years. Nothing is TMI with me. Nothing is TMI. Well, here's the deal. I got paralyzed when I was 14 and I, you know, your sweat glands get paralyzed. So you don't have to wear yeah. deodorant really anymore. And after all yeah. these years, I've never had to wear deodorant until this year. And suddenly my sweat glands are working again. And I don't understand Look at that. It. But that's what happens. I think sometimes the spinal cord decides to heal little areas. You yes. know, it's the weirdest thing. Okay, you're cool. All right. So, you know, it's, <laughs> living in Miami, at least you're in somewhere warm too. I'm in Minnesota. I wish I was somewhere warm. Oh, man. I Every day is a constant debate with my dad over the air conditioner. <laughs> and I told him, wait, the next house that we get, it will be controllable for my phone <laughs> yes you need that you can just talk to it yes. do you like it are you colder now that you're paralyzed do you find that it's harder to get prior to the injury and everybody around me that knows me really well they always knew i'm very sensitive to the cold much less now oh my gosh i know i hate it i get cold sometimes i'm so cold i can't talk Oh, you need a neck warmer and you can put it on your head. That's what I do. I put it on my head. Electric into that. And it feels really good because it feels like it's all over your whole body, even though you can't feel your legs that great anymore. But I'll, mm. I'll turn it on low and put it over my head and around my shoulders. And then I watch my shows at night in bed and it's very, very relaxing. I'll like fall asleep. So I'm going to look into it. Okay. So, all right. So real estate now, how have, did you work for an agency before your injury and did they still keep you on or were you doing freelance? Yes, they did. They still kept me on. That is amazing. Mm -hmm. You know, I feel mm -hmm. like some people worry about, you know, employers not being open-minded to mm -hmm. the disabled, you know, employees. Did you feel like your people were really cool right away or how did that they, go? They, they are. And like I said, because I knew her. Oh, from my right. childhood so I, it was at that it was at that moment I was like okay I'm guessing this is the reason why we stuck that's so cool and now yeah. how do you do it um from home or are you going out still to the so as of right now I haven't been doing the showings since like the whole like pandemic thing and stuff but the way that we work it out I handle everything else and I just like pay another agent and he goes to do the showings for cool. me. Okay. I don't know anything about real estate. So what's everything else? What, what's everything else? So I, I do, I schedule like the showing times. Okay. I get the code to enter the properties if no one's in there. Yeah. I do the contracts. Oh yeah. Uh, yeah. All of that. Cool. And so um, has the pandemic affected the industry at all down there? um real estate it did in the very beginning but right now i'm noticing like it's like easing a bit that's cool that's cool and now what kind of to computer stuff do you like to use well for work uh, i am an apple lady oh you are that's, and yeah. lo and behold last year in about july they just came out with a brand new accessibility voice control yeah i heard about and that that yeah. right there both prior to the injury technology was my best friend <laughs> and now technology is basically my child that's that's everything for you i that's so cool so you use the apple computer or do you have a laptop the, the, yeah the laptop the ipad and the phone and the phone you got it all yeah. So, and when you have that, you don't need any other programs really to communicate with your computer? 
no, mm -mm, not at all. Uh -huh. I even went through a process when I was getting back into school yeah. and they, the disability center was sending me like resources to help me. And yeah. I tried their voice control thing for yeah. like seven minutes. And I was like, nope, give me Apple. Apple's the best. I know. I've heard good things. I haven't tried the Apple version yet, but yeah, it's been really wanna... good for me. Well, I'm glad that it's working out so well for you. Now, I don't want to keep you too much longer, but I think people are probably curious in terms of like workload. Like, are you working every day? Is it full-time, part-time, that kind of thing? I think, you know, people so, that are paralyzed um, are always afraid to kind of jump into it, you know? Yeah. So, well, I surely didn't jump into it Yeah. after my injury. Like, it like over time as I felt like my body like evolving okay then I was like okay I can do this and yeah. then I started out even oh my gosh the way that I would practice like using the voice control on my phone when yeah. they first came out of it I would mess with my parents and like make them flyers and I would joke with them and be like yeah I'm gonna post this flyer on the internet that you're looking for a boyfriend dad <laughs> but I would do that to practice, you know. <laughs> and what did he say when you said that? Was he enjoy he it? Just, well, to this day, he still believes that I could do that, and I use it if I need it. Like, for example, if I'm like, "Dad, can you come transfer me?" and he has me waiting on my back for like over half an hour, I'm like, "Do you want me to send out your flyer?" <laughs> That's very clever. That's very clever. Yeah. Man, okay, so um, any last parting words? I mean, you have a new injury, so I know it's so you have a lot to advice maybe, but you're still going through it too. But, you know, for mm -hmm. someone that's even more newly injured than you mm -hmm. and is thinking, I'm never going to go back to work, that's just going to be stupid. I mean, mm -hmm. what do you feel? What do you get out of going back to work? It must be fulfilling, right, to go back and do stuff? Yeah, mm -hmm. I like as soon as I started back, I was like, wow, this was what was missing. Right. And I didn't even realize it. Yeah. Just being busy and feeling like, you know, like I love to work. I work from home too. And I get up and I'm doing mm -hmm. my thing every day. If I didn't have my job, I don't know what I would do with myself. So yeah, that's cool. All right. Well, I hope that you keep getting more movement and getting out there. And I don't know. I, is this a, I would love to check back in with you, Alex, to see how surely, you surely, you know, I feel like with people who are newly injured and spinal PD, you know, we're always trying to help people with new injuries. So I think I, I'm always, I'm, I'm always ready to learn because yeah. I, this is the first instance where I came into something knowing yeah. absolutely nothing about it. It's, I know, it, it's not like, and most people don't know anything about it unless, mm -hmm. you know, and they know have a family member that becomes paralyzed, mm -hmm. but it's quite the crash course, isn't it? In learning. Yeah. Everything. Yeah. But something that worked out for me being new, new, so newly injured mm -hmm. is that the whole world is more virtual right now. Isn't that true? I know. So I feel like I looked out in that aspect, you know, like way. going back into it. Yeah, you can have access to so many things from home now virtually. Yeah. I love I'm loving that. I know. Yeah. So hopefully it'll stick around even once they find a vaccine. I'm liking the doctor home visits, telemedicine. That's pretty yeah. nice. So all right. Well thank you, Alex. Thank you. Okay. We'll talk to, we'll talk later, okay? Yes, we will keep in touch. All right, thanks. Bye. Okay, bye. Hi, everybody. So we are joined by Kenny Mestis. He is 
well, he's a longtime quadriplegic. I, it's always weird to say something like that, but he's been paralyzed longer than I have, which is always good to talk to someone that has all this experience to share. And he's been working at a variety of places as well, which is why he is here to share his work history and what he's been up to all these years. So, hey, Kenny, how are you? Uh, good afternoon, Tiffany. Thank you for having me. Um, yeah. I'm doing very good today. Thanks. So great to uh, meet you here. I know we, we got we uh, connected on Twitter on the Spinalpedia account, and so I was like, "Wow, I don't know if I've um, met you before in any other spinal cord injury support group." So it's nice to meet you. So um, if you don't mind uh, sharing with our, all of our listeners how you were injured and all of that, please. Okay, like you said, I am a long-time injury. Gosh, uh, I was originally injured in uh, one vehicle rollover car accident in. Uh, happened on a Saturday afternoon, December 12th, 1987. Okay. I was um, on my way, a friend was giving me a ride uh, to get ready to go to work. At that time, I was uh, uh, a roughneck on an oil rig. Mm -hmm. so, oh, wow. Very active, oil yeah, very, mm -hmm. yeah, very physically demanding job. Okay. And uh, went from being very, very uh, working hard physically to uh, waking up in a in a ICU with a bunch of bells and things keeping me alive. That's so, and you were in your early 20s, right? I was. I was 23 yeah. years old. That's, that's always a difficult age when you're a young and strapping young man at the height of your physicality. Yes, it, it, was. it was. I mean, it was a total, you know, from night and day, it was a total. I uh, was very active uh, athletically. I, in high school, I was a quarterback and shortstop and um, played sports, uh, went to college, uh, was trying to make some more money to go back to school. Right. Oh my gosh. You know, so at your, when you got your injury and you were in rehab, what were, I know we could always talk about going through it because I know you had a hard time in the beginning. So, you know, transitioning yeah. into life as a quadriplegic is one of the hardest things you can do as a human being. And I know oh on Twitter, you told me you went through a rough patch. Do you mind sharing that a little bit with us? Not at all. I don't. I, uh, I went to, I was fortunate enough to get to uh, spend the last month of my injury at Craig Hospital mm -hmm. in Inglewood, Colorado, which is, a, which is a great center for, oh, yeah. and um, I say lucky because they taught me in, in that month, they taught me a lot about what it was really going to take to to survive in the real world. I, um, it's uh, the rough patch I went through was that I, um, before I went before I my injury I was studying to be an attorney and so I knew a little uh -huh. bit about law and uh, one thing that I knew was that I could talk to an attorney for an hour at a time for free and so I kept speaking to uh, different attorneys and started learning more and more and more about my own case and. Mm -hmm. um, long story short, I uh, managed to get a pretty significant settlement in, which okay. was a good thing, but it also wasn't such a good thing because um, I didn't realize once I got back home, the anger and things that would set in, the depression and stuff, and well, yeah. I started drinking and I, I became very good at it, and <laughs> became an alcoholic, and okay. I took my, uh, one of my greatest dates is uh, March 19th. 1994 because that was the day I decided to become sober. Oh, and awesome! So, that's great. Yeah, that's been uh, uh, 
been a long time. So that's a really I, long time. Congratulations. <laughs> I know that's not easy. My father has been sober since 1992 as well. And he went through AA. Oh, wow. So that is congratulations. awesome. Yeah, so I, I know that's not easy. And so all these years now, since that time, I imagine, you know, being sober, we're all clear headed and you're ready to kind of live uh -huh. life. So what was your goal? I know you said you were going to study to be attorney. So no, that's, that was there? before, before I, I was getting here. That was what I'm, that was my goal. And then, yeah. so when I, uh, when I sobered up, I really didn't know what to do. I had all this time on my hands. So computers were coming out. I, I invested in a, in a computer system and I started doing income taxes. Okay. I think I probably bought one of the original copies of Turbo Tax. No way. Cool. Yeah. yeah. So <laughs> I became an income tax kind of a guru when I would be taxes for for people and it, it was a good way to keep busy and that's a good idea uh, and now then, um, did you go to school for that or did you just teach yourself no, how to do it i just taught myself i uh, realized that you know i didn't realize at the time but i'm very adept at um, learning new software to not only learning but teaching so that yeah, that was something that was it was a great experience i love numbers always have yeah, yeah so yeah that was a good way to keep busy and to make a little bit of money too on the side cool yeah and uh, then in 1997, I started noticing that um, I was losing wind. I wasn't, I love to sing. I'm not very good at it, but I do love to sing. And um, I noticed that it was taking a lot more effort to do. Uh -huh. And so I thought, well, um, one thing I can do is go back to physical therapy. You know, that was, they always told me, come back, come back to therapy. And so at that time, um, on being on Medicaid, and uh, I, was, I was able to go, to therapy a few times a month okay and so i met a great therapist um and uh she motivated me asked me all started asking me all these questions kitty you're very smart how come you're not in college um, and then she had a boyfriend who was also a physical therapist and we met one night he, she brought him over and they were talking about me and so they came over to my house they showed up at about seven o'clock in the evening and he goes, what do you mean you're not driving? What do you mean, you know? Mm -hmm. And so, what do you mean you don't transfer by yourself? I was in a manual wheelchair at the time okay. because I overheard doctors saying that I would never be able to push myself. And so that was probably should have never heard that discussion. But mm -hmm. anyway, I decided I would push myself around for 12 years. Cool. Awesome. So, yeah. I know quite a number of quads that do push themselves. That's a yeah, good exercise. It is. It's very good exercise. And so... Uh, going back to therapy, I ended up going back to college, and cool. uh, I met a good friend, Don Yoxheimer. We're still good friends to this day. He, I okay. consider him a mentor. He was also a quad, okay. but he used crutches, and you know that's that takes a lot of effort too. He was driving. He was yeah. uh, we was my first college professor. No way. And he encouraged me, you know, he said, hey, these computers are going to be around for a long yeah, time. So yeah. um, my first degree was in interactive multimedia design, which okay. isn't even a thing anymore, I don't think. But <laughs> I learned how to do uh, Photoshop and, you know, stuff like that and got very interested in um, school and realized that's my way out. Yeah, good. <laughs> uh, and Smart. so it, it has been. And um, I went back to school and. Yep, yep. Fortunately, I was a good student. I uh, graduated a community college in two years. Uh, okay. Managed to get all A's, and that so that became kind of a, a goal of mine was to become a good student. So that's awesome. So what was your I, what did you what was your degree at the community college? 
uh, it was, uh, I got an AS degree, Associate of Science. Okay. In, it was pretty much an interactive multimedia design. So you're all about computer jobs. So what was your, what, what, were, what were you doing in the computer world in the 90s then? In the 90s, uh, there we, small town, Mark, Colorado, we had a bus plan at the time. And so I needed to do some kind of an internship with one of the things that, that they wanted me to try and do. And so in 1999, I went to work for Uniplan and okay. I would go there and I was doing um, animation. Cool. I would do, uh, they had bus designs. I would learn the, the bus, I would build it in, and, and in an animation program and then I would do whatever they wanted it to do. And so, and then I also did some welding um, animations for it was a project that was a grant project that the college had got and they needed my assistance on. And so just anything that would come my way, I would, yeah. I would kind of do that. There was some, uh, the police department needed some uh, logos done for their side of their cars, things like that. Just cool, cool. anything I could do. Yeah. Just so were you mostly doing freelance work then, or did you ever snag a full-time or part-time job yeah, anywhere? It was pretty much freelance. I was, I did, uh, I was tutoring also. I, um, College algebra. I started tutoring college algebra. Okay, cool. Um, That's another You're like the man of all trades over there. Well, I needed to learn it, and so I learned it and learned it and learned it, and then there was the tutor yeah. that I was teaching from mm -hmm. said, hey, mm -hmm. you know, these guys need, I'm going to be leaving, and they need a tutor. You cool. should do it because you're good, so I did. Yeah, yeah. Um, but, so I got that with my first school job, and I went on to a, uh, to a university, okay. Colorado State University in Pueblo, and um, the first year of that was pretty good. And then I kind of stumbled upon my, my next little adventure was uh, a paid internship in Washington, D.C. Oh, wow. I was uh, taking, I was taking, um, it was a poetry class. Okay. And because I was so obsessed with making sure that I got good grades, I was meeting this, trying to meet this professor. Uh, my teacher, and she had a habit of being late, and I was always early, and I was waiting, and, but I had a class that, well, there was a professor that was next door to her who noticed my, my, I don't know, what, over-eagerness, I guess, and <laughs> he told me, he goes, hey, you seem like, like you're pretty eager, and you want to do some things, and he goes, I don't know what your heritage is, but there's a guy, they're having a Hispanic Association of College Universities, and they're doing internships right now. You should go talk to them. Cool. And I went over and they were just about packing up and I got to meet a gentleman. And I, anyway, long story short, I applied and got a paid internship. Nice. Nice. Um, between yeah. May and August of 2001. So I was wow. driving past the Pentagon every day for that summer. Wow. Come back. Mm -hmm. I'm doing classwork the morning of September 11th. And my attendant, no. who ended up becoming my wife, and, uh, but comes in and she goes, come and see this. And you were there in D.C. on 9-11? I wasn't. I wasn't in D.C. I came home a month early. Wow. But it was, so, it was so realistic and so personal because we had been driving by that building, you know. Yeah, you saw it every day. You saw yeah, it every day. So it made it, it made it about real close to home. And so. Wow, man. That's crazy. Yeah. So it what was, was the internship in? What were you like learning out there exactly? I was actually, I was helping them um, design work, web design and okay. um, cool. animation, so things like that. Yeah, I did all, I, that, I got real good at doing um, 
you know, business card type thing. So anybody that wanted anything done. Nice. Graphically, yeah. So you went back to Colorado after your internship. Back to Colorado. And um, I, they wanted me to come back and I kind of wanted to continue my career at my school. And so um, 2002, I graduated, uh, managed to graduate number one in my class in um, CSU Pueblo. Okay. I decided to get a, a master's degree. And so I was going on to uh, University of Colorado Springs, University of Colorado with Colorado Springs. Yep, yep. But that summer I got married um, and uh, then ended up graduating with a master's degree in 2004 in May. Um, my then wife was going, was pregnant and was going to have a baby. And so I decided to find a job and okay. I looked and looked and looked. <laughs> and I don't know what your experience is for interviewing for a job as a quadriplegic, but that can be an experience. It's not easy. It's like no. really, really, really hard. And then you find, then you finally find this boss that's like really nice, and then you might get lucky. Yeah, mm -hmm. yeah but the interview process is tough, and uh, spasms happen. You know, you yeah. know, guys starting to remember resumes, lying, just all kinds of things. Anyway, you always get this. <laughs> Well, really good job. A pat on the back, and we'll be giving you a call. Right, we'll call back and you never hear. Mm -hmm. I had a great resume. You know, I've been doing all these things, paid internships, all these yeah. great things, uh, yeah. good grades. And so I actually had one person accuse me of forging my resume. And I thought, oh, gosh, this uh, is crazy. This wow. is crazy. So I was watching Walmart commercials. And I thought I went to an interview. And I was at a, at a job fair. And I went up and I talked to the people at Walmart. And cool. next thing I know, I'm an assistant manager at Walmart. <laughs> Talk about oh, a so that Walmart was, was the open-minded employer you were looking for. Yeah, you know what they really were. And um, one thing I learned about Walmart is that if you don't want to work overnight, you get promoted. Okay. And so uh, within a year, I was promoted to a co-manager position, and I went from Colorado Springs to La Junta, Colorado. Cool. And my then my store manager um, saw. He said, hey, why don't you, because we did corporate events, you know, well, we didn't do them, but the company did corporate events. Mm -hmm. He said, you should do this. You're great at this stuff, you, mm -hmm. you know, and he, was, he, had a, he had a stutter. And so okay. I would go out and I would do all the, the like the college, the scholarship presentations, the teacher of the year, the, all those things that he, uh, the boss would normally do, he set me out to do. Cause I love to do that kind of stuff anyway. And so yeah, yeah. he saw that as a, as a, as a plus. And I started putting on these uh, disability employment events. And so and Colorado went, I started working with the uh, division of vocational rehabilitation in Colorado. When we went from, I think there was nine people that they had and we went within like a year, there was over 127 people that were employed at Walmart's now. No so, way. Yeah, it was really, wow. it was really cool. And so, because what, what the key was to bringing, bringing the managers together. Yeah. Because they're the ones that are going to do the hiring anyway. Right, yeah. And so, you know, if you could get the people with disabilities past mm -hmm. the HR managers, mm -hmm. actually meet the managers, we found there was a lot, there was a lot more chance that they were going to get a job. That's great. So I have a question. As a manager working at Walmart, and what are the duties and how did you overcome them as a quadriplegic? Was everything mainly oh, on the computer or how did you need accommodations? Oh, no. it, I figured it out. I had to, you know, you had 
that's just that's just my life. There was a okay, so in a wheelchair normally one of my things is I go to get under a table and my knees hit. hit the desk. Yep. So um, I I would find a workstation and I would get a four by four and yep. get, you know two four by fours and raise it up that far and that was all I needed. So then okay. and okay. Uh, um, I don't know if you see my 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 contraptions here. Or my, yeah, I see that. Yeah, quad plus. Yeah. Yeah. Instead mm -hmm. of uh, they're my I can type. Well, the, the only time I've been tested, I could type 35 words a minute. Still. No way. 35 words a minute with that? That's really yeah, good. Yeah, I, I used to be able to type over 100, though, so, yeah. Okay. That that's not, that's yeah. way better than me. I use my one little finger to do it, and I, I like what you do a lot better, so that's it's, nice. Yeah, it does help. And then it's, it's exercise. It's, you know, it's a lot of things, especially and if you do a lot of I don't know anything about management. Is it really like a people job? Is it all about just, like, managing people? Yeah. It really is. Okay. You get to know your folks, and then, you know, if, you, if you're genuinely uh, concerned about them, their lives, their kids, you, yeah. you know, you talk about that stuff. But then, of course, you, you – and then um, instructional uh, communication was my master's degree, so I learned okay. how to train people. Cool. And so okay. being able to do that, being able to talk, and being able to just communicate your vision, being able to explain it clearly, and mm -hmm. then um, getting them to believe in your abilities as a manager, and then that's all. So that's really great. And when you you said you worked the night shift when you first started out there? Well, that wasn't my first job. My first job was uh, overseeing uh, mm -hmm. over 100 cashiers. It was, oh, wow. It was, a, it was a $100 million store in the first store that's I worked so cool. at. I mean, yeah. so what's the typical shift when you would work there? Eight hours? I mean, or could um, you work longer as a quad? Or what was your limit? Well, I might, yeah, that usually worked 12 hour shifts. And so, wow. And it got to work. Um, they they had adjusted the schedule, and um, you know, I was working three days on, three days off, three okay. days on. And so my body was was able to take that. When I worked overnights, I would get I worked uh, four and four, four nights on, four nights off. Wow! And so it was it was a tough schedule. It wasn't easy. Yeah. Um, at the time we we had a child, and so it was it was you know we had to make it work, but we did. You did, you did. And did you need caregivers to up to get in and out of bed, or did you do all that on your own? I, uh, I, me and uh, my wife was my attendant. I met her oh, okay. in between my uh, when I was graduating community college. She ended up going to uh, Pueblo with me, and then That's on great. with me everywhere I went. Yeah. So, are you still working at Walmart, or are you retired from Walmart? I'm retired from Walmart. I my. I worked until uh, October, August of uh, 2014. Okay. And then they changed the schedule, and it was it required two days, and then a day, and then it was the shifts changed, and my mm -hmm. body really started having, you know, it was it was got to be too tough to do. I really yeah. Not, yeah. We couldn't do it anymore. The demanding schedule. So, uh, I had been I had met Julie Reskin, is my boss now from the Colorado mm -hmm. Cross Disability Coalition. Okay. And during my my work, I they were a group that I brought in to one of my presentations and one of my um, events that I put on, and um, I'd worked with them always, just kept in touch and had her email whenever they needed help. They reached out to me, and in Lahana, I helped a group. Yeah. You know, every day that I would, every month I would help them with their food and whatever they needed to help. But um, so when I got done and I told her, she yeah. goes, "Well, we'll hire you." And <laughs> And so I That's started, I went, 
worked for them, and now I'm their outreach coordinator. You're Southeast their Colorado. outreach coordinator. Well, so, in, in Southeast Colorado, they're a statewide organization, Colorado wide. So, okay, um, I I just do the Southeast Colorado part. Southeast and, Colorado. Yeah, so this is good. I'd like to learn about nonprofits that so other people can, we can pass it along. So this is. Oh, yeah. The Colorado Cross Disability Coalition is an amazing yeah. organization. Please yeah. do check it out. Okay. Uh, CCDConline.org. That's okay. And it's, uh, yeah, it's a great place. It's all, it's ran by people with disabilities and um, you advocate for people with disabilities and we take care of uh, their problems. We're very active legislatively. Okay. I, I take very yeah. much pride in that. I. I co-chair a group of, it's called One Strong Voice, and we, it's an organization of disability organizations in Colorado. Awesome. And we come together during the, um, we meet bi-monthly, and our goal is to not let anything go through legislatively that we don't analyze, and if we need to testify, then we do that, and one of my jobs is to get talking points together. When, so I'll get a bill look at it, analyze it, and break it down into talking points so that it can be, so we all have That's this. Right. You make it so that you, you create cliff notes, basically, so people exactly. understand. Exactly, so that, yeah, so that we can all, uh, that we're all, you know, we send them out, and they're, yeah. they're analyzed by everybody, and if there's any input, then we, That's then great. we agree to agree, and if we can't agree, then we agree to disagree with the other organization, and, and we support each other that way. So I bet with COVID, you're all meeting virtually this year? Or? Oh, boy, we're Zoomed out. We've been Zoomed out. So, yeah. Oh, it's, gosh. Uh, it sucks, doesn't it? I yeah, know. you know that world. It's, oh, it's, Lord it's, of mercy. But, you know, what do you do? You figure it out. That's what We doing. are. And so I imagine you're working from home now. Um, uh -huh. yeah. yeah. And I actually, that was because uh, CCBC is actually located in Denver, and okay. I'm you know I'm 190 miles away here down in Lamar. Right. So, yeah, wow. I've been working... I've been doing actually virtually for a long time, but I, okay. there's a lot of traveling involved before, and that's been taken out for now. Well, well, that's all. That's so cool. I love Colorado. So shout out to Colorado. Oh, um, thank you. I'm gonna go to Telluride in February to do more adaptive skiing. I love Ooh, the adaptive good skiing. Good for you. Good for you. Yeah. I'm jealous. You should go. You should, like, I should. I probably might run into a tree, though. I'm pretty crazy. <laughs> Don't. They got you. Those guys behind you got you. You just got to enjoy the ride. Cool. Really. Mm -hmm. wow, okay. You live in Colorado, so wow. I know people. Yes. I, I know people live in Minnesota, and they don't even enjoy the lakes. It's like once you're in the state, you don't really want to. Do yeah, sometimes. it's. I understand, but I used to love to ski, so it would definitely. Oh, be okay. Well, you're doing good out there, getting Kenny. So, do you have any parting words to share with us before we let you go? I don't just never give up. Always, yeah. uh, always look forward and then uh, use your friends. I mean, that network, learn how to network and learn right, how to, right. you know, there's so many of us out there now and um, it's so much better when we work together. Yeah, I have to. And, and vote. You know, don't forget, get out there and vote. Get, get out, out there and vote. vote. Great That's advice, it. Kenny. Thank you so much. I have a great, uh, it was well, a pleasure meeting you and I look forward to it and we'll talk about that skiing thing offline. For sure, man. All right. Have a good one. Thank you, Kenny. Uh, thank All right. You. Bye. Uh -huh.